Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Out to Be podcast. My guest today is Tiffany Van Boxtel. Now, if you've listened to the Out to Be podcast before, then you've probably heard Tiffany before because she has been on. So, Tiffany is not new to the podcast. She is a friend to the podcast and a friend to me, and I'm really excited to have her back today to talk about the eight steps to live stream performances that actually make an impact. So right now, no matter where you are, we're still in the midst of this COVID-19 pandemic. And though things are starting to inch back to normal, the chances of regular performances and regular gigs coming back is, you know, still slim. (laughs) They're not going to be coming back as quickly as some of the other things are. And when they do come back, we're still going to want to experiment with having live streams be a big part of our strategy because we don't know what's going to happen or, you know, how big or small the crowds are going to be allowed to be at the beginning of each area reopening. So that being said, no matter, again, no matter where you're at, this is really impactful because I also want to remind you that even if we're not in the middle of a pandemic, having a solid live stream performance is really important thing to keep in mind. So this checklist, this eight steps that she gives us is so incredible. We have a lot of fun on this episode just kind of going back and forth about them and what we think and how you can best utilize these and really make the most of your performances and the strategy you're using in general in your career. So I think you're really going to enjoy this episode and find it super helpful. So let's not go on and on and on. Let's just go ahead and dive right in. Hello, Tiffany, and welcome back to the Out to Be podcast. Hi, Katie. It's great to be here. (laughs) (laughs) I am really excited. Finally, we're at the point now where I've had like a couple guests come back and it's always fun because most of those people are friends of mine, fellow coaches in the music industry who are also just good friends of mine. So I'm pumped because you have created a really, really amazing resource for singers during this time experiencing the COVID-19 pandemic. And that's what we're going to dive in today. We're going to talk about the eight steps to live stream performances that connect and make an impact with people. Before we dive into the steps, tell us what made you want to make this resource and talk about this for singers and performers during this time. So I specialize in helping singers with live performances and giving performances that they're proud of in as little as 10 minutes a day and without overpriced voice lessons. So since there are really no live performances right now, like out in the world, in public, I thought it really makes sense to go online. But I've been hearing a lot of objections about going online. A lot of, I mean, it basically takes your fears of going live, I feel, and amplifies it because now we've got variables. (laughs) We've got the internet. We've got tech. We've got the fact that we might feel like our voice is distorted. We've got the fact, what if nobody watches? Or what if I don't have a huge audience? Or, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to promote my own thing because this coffee shop is no longer promoting this for me. So it takes all of the potential anxiety and worry about performance and it like it seems to amplify it like from what the feedback that I'm getting from my audience you know they're even more concerned about trying to take their craft and go online the last time you were here we talked about performance anxiety so now it's really this uh, this this crossroads where yeah performance anxiety in person was a thing but now it's like 
it's a whole new world of going digital and trying to figure out your new strategy and trying to figure out how to show up and have an impactful performance when you're not actually in the room with people. So I'm excited to dive into these eight steps so that we can learn not only how to impact other people and those watching us, but how we can also feel super confident and comfortable going live and making this pivot in our music careers. And by the time this episode goes live, you know, it's obviously several months after you originally wrote this guide, but I think it's still going to be relevant because this is this whole thing has really changed the landscape of the music industry. And even if live gigs do start back up soon, we want to be able to be really, really confident with what we're doing online anyway, because it's such a great resource and it's such a great skill to have and a strength to have to be able to show up online and do virtual or live stream performances and really, really crush it. Would you agree? Yeah, totally. And I mean, so many summer festivals have already been, they're just canceled. Even yeah. late summer stuff, it, yeah. it's done. And I realize that a lot of that is just because congregations of people. Yeah, it's not going to work. Your <laughs> live performance. So, yeah. But yeah I, think, I, mean, I think whether it's allowed or not, people are going to be more wary to show up to those things. So in some ways, it's in the best interest of everyone to like, you know, if they're not going to make any money because people aren't going to show up to just do it, do it online or cancel it altogether or postpone it. Uh, it's always an asset to be able to pr promote yourself and, and perform and do your craft in multiple medias, multiple places, for sure. So let's dive in to these eight steps. Talk to us about number one. Okay, number one is to set a date. And this sounds super corny but like you book a gig right what happens you set a date yeah. you have to show up <laughs> if you don't show up you know you're representing yourself you're letting other people down you're letting the bar owner down you're letting the coffee shop owner down you're not going to get paid so you know you know that you better show up and once you set that date you take it a lot more seriously because you're going to have to show up and i think that online it can be which is not a bad thing but it can be a lot more casual like oh, I'm going to go on Instagram and sing my song today. Or, man, you know, I'm, I'm just not feeling it. Um, right. Like bailing on commitments. Yeah, that like, like maybe I'll do it tomorrow. You know, but if you set a date, you're committing to it. You're going to show up with something that you've prepared and something that you're proud of. And then you can also let people know so that they can show up for you too and support you. Because, you know, especially if you're online, it is nice to have other people show up because otherwise you're like, okay, great. Yeah. I can't see their reactions. Like I'm just here singing and nobody showed up anyway. So you yeah. start feeling. So setting a date really is twofold. It's a commitment to yourself. And then you can also ask, like gain support from people who want to see you and want to listen to you. Yes. I love that because I think a lot of people will make the excuse of like, oh, well, when I go live, people don't show up. It's so awkward. I'm just like talking or singing to myself. Oh, you didn't let them know that you there. <laughs> exactly. It's like, if you don't tell people you're going live, then, and, and I've, I've been victim of this too, where it's like, you expect like, oh, I go live on Instagram and immediately Instagram lets the whole world know that I'm live. But actually, sometimes it takes 
several minutes up to 10 or 15 yeah. minutes because yep. they let people know in batches that you even are live. So yeah. you want people to really know about it so that they can set their own reminder. They can log on to Instagram and click on your name because they know that you're going live and not just because they happened to see you or happened to accidentally click on it. Um, so love that. Such a big tip. And I love the accountability aspect of it because that's really important too is, you know, it can be really scary to do these things, but if you are setting a date and committing to yourself and committing to other people, it's going to help you get over that fear because you have no other choice but to go through with it. And you, once you do, it's going to start to become less and less scary. So, so good. I'd love to pick your brain. What do you think about the frequency of going live and of doing those live streams? Now, paid versus unpaid probably comes into this as well. But I see a lot of people being like, I'm going live every night at 7 p.m. Or oh, I'm going live once a week at this time. And some of them are even making the mistake of, especially those who are going live like every night, they're not even giving people a way to pay them or giving people a way to support them. And so they're just giving everything away for free. I'm a big fan of promoting, you know, making money and, and getting paid what you're worth. So what are your thoughts on frequency and showing up in the right way almost to be able to really optimize this? Well, I'm more of an expert in performance and making sure your performance is like really awesome and you feel comfortable with your vocal technique. Like I'm a vocal coach. That's what I do. I really kind of stay away from the marketing. Like I really want you to just have your best foot forward. But from a point of view of mastery of your craft and also like commitment, I think that there is I'm not sure what the exact frequency I would recommend, but I think that there is a frequency when it comes to what do I expect of myself yeah. in order to be consistent. So like, for example, like if we're doing voice lessons, we're doing like weekly voice lessons, like, which I don't do a lot anymore because I have my membership, Yeah, but people who commit to weekly voice lessons like I don't even I don't even take people if they're not going to commit to a weekly voice lesson for at least two months because it's they're not they're not going to get anything out of it. It's yeah. very inconsistent. So I think no matter what your frequency is from a performance and commitment standpoint, it's just important to have a frequency yeah. and stick with it so that people know that you're going to be there and supported. Yeah. And as I, far as paid, I'd love to, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Well, my thoughts are that I think people are going live too much and, and for too long, but. Oh, too long. That's a good one. Yeah. Because like, I don't think it's, I don't think it's smart for people to be going live like multiple nights a week or even once a week and doing like full 30 to one hour sets and not ma be making any money from it. Like if you're going to go live and you're going to share one or two songs, that's kind of a different story because you're sort of just teasing stuff, but giving it all away, I think is kind of irresponsible and is a bad business move for artists. Not to mention that. I, I mean, f from that point too, like your craft and taking care of it, like I feel like you wouldn't want to necessarily be going live every single day and not having time to like practice or like hone in on yourself and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if you're going live <laughs> for more than 30 minutes, like you better be good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't have that attention span. Yeah, but exactly. 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 Like you better be good. And if you're going live every night and you don't like, this is not a rule, 
I mean, you could go live every night and play the same exact set list, but in reality, you're probably not going to do that. You're probably going to change it up a little bit. So really, yeah, what you're doing is you're just throwing out your B songs. Like, no, like come with your, come with your A game, you know, and, and I got to be honest, no matter who you are, your A game is no longer than 30 minutes. Like, especially for original songs. Yeah. For just originals. You have 30 minutes, maybe 45, you know, and the rest is filler. The rest is covers, you know, so like really be intentional about what you want to present. I think if you're too long, it's just going to lose intentionality. Yeah. Which, I mean, that might be cool. Like maybe you want it a little bit more open and, and you want to really connect with people in that sort of way. And maybe that's something to play with too. Like if you're going live one day, you're like, okay, I'm going to do these three songs. Bam. I'm going to put my tip jar out. I'm going to say, Hey, get the rest of the songs on my album, whatever. Um, and maybe the next day it's a little more open and casual and you're talking to them and you're getting their feedback about what they might want to hear for the next performance. You know, maybe, so maybe like format is something to play with if you're going to play with frequency as well. Yeah. I think that's a great tip. And I know, like you said, you're not, a marketing coach or a business coach for singers, but I think that it's all relevant. Like we have to consider all of the facets of this when we're thinking about the strategy behind it and how often we're going to show up because you want to be able to give your best performance and feel good while you're doing it and be thinking about the actual strategy aspect of it. So yeah, well, if your performance sucks, you're not going to make any money. Exactly. (laughs) So let's, let's move on. What is number two? Okay. Number two, zero expectations, especially if this is your first time going live tech, right? You're going to flop. You're going to flop. Something's going to go wrong. Like something is going to go wrong. Something is going to be different than you expect. And I think allowing yourself (laughs) just going in with zero expectations about what this is going to be, what this is going to look like, how many people are going to show up, how it's going to go, how it's going to sound is going to free you up a little bit. And then you can also make tweaks to, to improve it later. But having all these expectations is just going to hold you back. And you're probably going to be like, "Mm, maybe I should bail. Do you feel that having expectations can almost make the, let's say technology is fine, but you are putting a lot of pressure on yourself to be really good or to make sure that nothing, you know, goes wrong technology wise do you find that that really impacts performances in a negative way? Just like how you actually show up, how you engage and how you sound sometimes? Absolutely. I mean, I think obviously the expectation is come with something prepared, but if you come with something prepared, like if you put some thought into it, if you put some time into it, and if you're feeling confident going in, how much more expectation could you possibly have? Yeah. Like that's, that's really all you need and expecting anything else out of yourself is just way too, way too harsh. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's so many expectations you could put on, whether it's, I have to sing this flawlessly or whether it's, you know, maybe you do have the tip dry out and you're thinking, I want to make this amount of money per performance. And if you're focusing on those things, as opposed to just like being really in the moment, and I literally speak from experience, right? It's like you get really, you get distracted and you don't give your best performance when in reality people, even across the screen, they will feel your energy and they will react and vibe off of your energy, not your perfect notes. And they will probably pay you if they feel a positive energy coming from you. 
as opposed to a distracted one that's kind of like caught up in expectations and things going right. So I love that one. It's kind of short and sweet, but it's really, really powerful. Yeah. So what's number three? Number three. This is just super easy. Just choose a platform. Like what platform are you going to go for? Maybe just start with one so that you can kind of tweak it. And you could also do some research based on like what you want it to be like. Just thinking about how each of the platforms work. I don't think this really matters. I just think it's like, hey, choose it, make a decision, have that go on, you know, have that be a buddy with number one, which is set a date. Right. Just advertise it, get it out there. You know, don't try to do like, <laughs> you know, you know, the people who are like setting up two screens and they're trying to go on Instagram and Facebook at the same yeah. time and they're like looking all over and their <laughs> eye contact is crazy. Yeah. And like, yeah. it's a good idea in your head because you're like, oh, two for the price of one. Like, I just do it and I get to, I get all of these people. But like, your eye contact is crazy and it's just, the chat's coming in over here. The chat's coming in over here. It's very distracting. So just pick one platform. Just make, it's not important which one you pick. Make a decision and go for it. Yeah, that's a great tip. Um, from a singer's perspective, are there any platforms that you in particular fancy? Not really. I think it depends on what you, what you want. I tend it and it also depends on the devices that you're using and the okay. sound setup that you're using as well. Um, I like in, you know, I kind of like Instagram because it's very casual. Yeah, I mean, you're not gonna have as much. Like, you could probably post a link for tip jar and that kind of thing, so you might not have as much leeway there. But if you're, or I've like, seen people put like signs up with their PayPal and Venmo or something like that. Yeah, I mean, if you're like just experimenting with it you don't even have to save it for your live and it goes away in 24 hours so yeah it's really so casual you know so i kind of like that because it's it's like more chill like if you want to do something more professional like using something like zoom might be cool because then it could be like like a gateway and they could get a, like a special secret link like yeah like a private show cool. almost yeah that could be fun so yeah, i think it just cool. really depends on your your, your goals and your strategy and what you're comfortable with as opposed to like singing and sound quality. And that yeah, kind of thing. For, for sure. I love that. I love, I've used, you know, Facebook live, Instagram live, and then I've used Zoom. I, at the beginning of this thing, actually back in March, Joanna Hart organized like a virtual cabaret that I sang at too. And we did it over Zoom. So it was really cool. It was a fundraiser. So people donated for tickets and then they got the link to the Zoom and it was just really nice and very intimate. And that way you are able to see people's faces and whatnot. Whereas keeping in mind Facebook live, it's like, you can see their comments, but you can't, and Instagram, you can't see them. So yeah, yeah it really is about what you want out of the experience and what level you're going for. Cause Instagram is more casual if you're going to go frequently, or you just want it to be like a it's like casual, but also exclusive because it's like you either have to catch it live or it doesn't exist anymore. Or, yeah, or you have it be like, okay, pay me monies and come to this like Zoom show where I can actually interact with you and see your face and there's not a lot of people here and, and whatnot. So yeah. for Instagram, I mean, you even use it like for market research. Like I'm just going to do this cover and see how people react and maybe yes. I'll put that into my show. Yeah. So good. That's a really great example too. Awesome. Okay. So let's move on to number four. Oh, I love number four. I know. I'm excited for this one. 
Okay, so number four is thinking about the listener's journey. And, you know, sometimes we get anxious thinking about us and what we're going to sound like and how it's going to go and all of the work that we've put into it. But, you know, think about it from the listener's perspective. Like if you were going to a show or if you, because I mean, especially online, you just like scroll and you're like, oh, hey, I see Laura over there. She's doing a song. Oh, cool. And then you just keep scrolling. Keep scrolling. Yep. Yeah, like it's it's so easy. So thinking about what they want and what they need right now. And you could also choose platform because like you said, on Zoom, you can start to see their faces right. if they choose and you can see how they react. Right. And you can tailor your set list based on that. Like maybe you're like, they're not really feeling very up right now. Um, I kind of want to go with this mood. Let's choose something that's that's a little more chill. Or maybe you feel like they're up and they need to stay up and their faces look energized and like that's really exciting. So, you know, your next song is like kind of downbeat and so you're like, okay, I'm just going to skip that one and go to this one instead. And it's really thinking about like what they're doing. And you also want to like focus on what you can what you can give them because if you make this about you I think that puts a lot more anxiety and judgment on you yeah and you can ask them like what they want and this will give you ideas too I mean you could like poll them hey should I do covers or originals yeah yeah or like would you rather hear this cover or this cover in my set list tonight and it it also kind of makes them like take ownership of it right and so like they can get really excited and they're like oh or maybe maybe you don't even tell them which song you're gonna do. Like maybe it's a surprise. Like you have to show up in order to figure out what song I did. Right, right. No, I, I love that. I think it ties really nicely into the expectations one as well. Because if you are putting it all on yourself and you're not thinking about them, then you're gonna put a lot more internal expectations on yourself and probably have a worse performance, right? Because you're gonna be really caught up on that. But it's so important, and I think that it's kind of lacking too. Like when this all happened and when we all went inside and gigs were canceled kind of indefinitely, it's like, okay, the natural feeling is to go online. But I think it's so important to put yourself in the shoes of a normal person on Instagram. Like aside from thinking about it in a perspective of like, oh yes, this is such a great opportunity to go live on Instagram. What do you like to do? How do you like to consume media? Like really considering yes other people but also like putting yourself in the shoes of other people and in that group of like do you watch instagram lives do you watch facebook lives would you rather go to a zoom show because i don't know about you tiffany but i don't watch a lot of instagram lives and i will go live sometimes if i have like um usually i'm talking not singing so if i have like a larger training that i want to do i'll go live and i'll tell people about it but it's kind of rare that I watch a lot of lives. And if I do, I'll pop on for like a quick five minutes and then I'll hop off. So I think again, so important to know your audience. Do they have a short attention span? Will they hang with you for a half hour? What is going to appeal most to them? Because if you're doing a whole bunch of stuff that they literally do not care about, then they're not going to show up for you. And then you're just going to be kind of wasting your time and wasting your talent and your energy by doing things that are not actually serving you and probably hurting your confidence all the while. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking about that. There are people that I will follow live, but then it's like, I know like 90% of the people are going to post the replay so I can just catch it later. Catch the replay, yeah. 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 (laughs) So that's that's definitely a really interesting thing. I think that this goes with the next step as well, if you feel like we're ready ready for it. Yeah. Which is crafting a set list. Um, And I think if you're if you've never really considered this before, because I don't, I don't know how seriously people take this. Cause sometimes I'll listen to people's albums on, you know, whatever on Spotify. And I'm thinking, why did you put that song first? Like, <laughs> yeah. Have you ever, you know, I'm like, this I is know the you worst mean. song. Like, I put why? a lot of, I've always put a lot of effort into like the flow of an album. It's really mm-hmm. important. The flow of a set list and keeping the energy in mind. I also will think about like the storyline of like, does this make sense sequentially with like what I'm telling and the vibe of the night? And it it does make a difference because you don't want to have too many low songs or too many high songs and people get bored. So important. So if you're not like really used to it, I think three is a really good number. And just maybe considering, hey, what do I want to say tonight? Um, Is there an overarching theme, you know? are there keys next to each other that are the same? You know, because that, your ear starts to get bored if you're hearing too many songs in the same key. Um, And that could be even like G major versus E minor, like because the ear will detect that as like almost the same key, even Mm. if you go major to minor. Mm -hmm. Thinking about the key, thinking about the tempo, and then thinking about the emotion. And you could even consider a transformation like throughout your three songs, like, having a theme, having a story, like you said. Yeah. And, and just, if you're new to it, I would stick, like, I would stick with the set list. Like, just do it. You're comfortable with it. Perform it in that order. Think, and and you can also think about it from a vocal standpoint too. Like if there's, if there's one song that's a little bit more belty, and let's be real, we all want to have healthy technique. But I mean, if we're doing a song that is by nature, (laughs) more risky in that way it just has more weight I mean you're gonna want to put that at the end otherwise you're gonna be yeah you're gonna be gassed for the rest of it yeah so just thinking about those things and if you're brand new to it stick to the stick to the list and just do it see how it feels if you're a little more experienced I think going in with a gen with with a list but being open to hey I'm gonna kind of gauge their reaction and see how I feel about maybe switching a couple of these songs up as far as order. So good. And as a vocalist too, I'm totally resonating with you being like, put that belty song at the end. Cause I mm-hmm. have done that when I would play my EP shows, there's this one song that pretty much always goes at the end if I'm playing it at that show. And it has to, like if I had did it at any other point in the show, I'd be done for and it's not because I don't sing it healthily but it it just requires so much emotion and so much careful technique and so much belting that I have it feels better for me to just be like all right let's give it my all and then we're done (laughs) yeah yeah and especially if you're like doing uh, like some kind of cross genre things like even if you're doing a more folk style versus a more contemporary style right because in the, if you're in the, like a straight up classical style, it really feels like a vertical space. It's way much easier. It's way easier <laughs> to from a vertical space. 
yeah. to like a more a more belty forward space than the opposite. It's like right. once you do that, it's really hard to get back into this centered neutral space. So I'm a huge fan of <laughs> putting anything contemporary or heavy or heavy and upbeat. <laughs> like it yeah. makes you like a footloose like Dear God, high schools, please do not do Footloose for your high school age students. Wait, please elaborate on that. <laughs> oh my, it's so I've never hard. Seen, really? It's so hard. It's all belty, rocky, like hard stuff, like right in the, especially for the guy, like right in the bike. Like you just. That's so funny. Oh my God. Don't gosh. do it. PSA for That's anybody. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. It's like you, you have the liberty to make your set list. So make it serve you. Whether, and sometimes I'll do this too. It's like, if I have a um a song that's lower in my register versus higher in my register I might put those two back to back so that I'm not like living in my head voice for three straight songs and I can kind of like give myself a break and give myself to just like explore my range a little bit more yeah. um, but it's about what feels good for you you might prefer to bunch them all together if that feels better for you to like really get in the zone I like to switch it up a little bit more, but it's about your preference and what works best for your voice. So you have a really powerful performance. Yeah, totally. Tell us about number six. Number six, memorize, memorize your songs. Oh my God. This is a giant pet peeve. <laughs> Dude, raise your hand. If you have ever been to an open mic where there's an old guy or not even an old guy sitting on the stage with a stand and his iPad in front of him. Like, no. Yikes. I don't know if you have ever seen this. Maybe I personally have never experienced that, but I can imagine it very vividly in my mind what that would look like. <laughs> well, yeah, like, I don't know if, like, in New York I'm, like, going to <laughs> bars with old people singing. But, exactly. Yeah. yeah, because they're very, like, yeah, we're a little bit more rural. So, I mean, you're going to see that more often. But even... I mean, I've even seen young people do that too, where they just like have it in front net. of them. Yeah. And I'm like, that's just disrespectful, like to your audience, like just freaking memorize it. It's not hard. It's brain work. It's completely in your control. Memorize it. Like if you're, if you can't <laughs> just memorize it, <laughs> please. Yeah. Like, and you'll feel better too. And it's really interesting because there is something that happens in the brain when it comes to performance, when you're memorized. Like I have seen people's technique open up. Like I can physically see their energy change when they're not following words. Like it's like, it's honestly magical. Yeah. And you'd probably know more than you think you do anyway. Yeah. I mean, just memorize it. And if you really broke it down and you tried it from memory and you're a little hesitant because this is a newer song in your set list, like, oh man or maybe it's that chord progression. I mean, just try it. And if you try it and evaluate it, it's probably honestly gonna even come down to just one word. And it's usually the first word in the second verse, by the way. Or the first, <laughs> or the first noun in the second verse. Or the That's first so specific. Word. Wow. It, it really is. Like, I would say 85% of the time. Oh my gosh, why is that? I have no idea. Maybe it's because a lot... Well, I, you know, and it might be different for songwriters than for people who, who perform covers. I've never really thought about that, but I have seen a lot of songwriters forget their lyrics. I've forgotten my lyrics like many times. Well, maybe not many, but 
enough that I can definitely say like it's happened. Maybe I mean, you know, the second verse is a weird bird. Like sometimes it just doesn't work artistically. Yeah, I feel like maybe sometimes you're like so in the chorus that you're like chorus yes, and then you're like, okay, wait, 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 wait. I have to like tell the story more now because it's usually more wordy and and there's more like going on well and in a performance I mean I think it's really easy to like if you're not open to it and if you don't know what to focus on I think it's really easy to get tunnel vision yeah and then the brain kind of stops thinking ahead and it just it just stops and we don't really have to think about the chorus so much because like you said you're like we're like yeah chorus yeah And I I noticed that, like, when you have that thought pattern of, like, you're singing words, like, you are singing words, and then in the back of your brain, you're being like, okay, this is the next line, okay, this is the next line, okay, this is the next line. And then it goes, and then you forget it. And then, like, I've had that moment, too, where I'm like, wait, 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 what's after that? What's after that? What's after that? I don't know, I don't know, and then it just comes out of my mouth, and I'm like, okay, I do actually know, like, I don't have to think about it so much, I can just kind of not put it on autopilot necessarily, but like trust myself that it's going to come out. And if it doesn't come out, that's okay. Make a joke or give the mic to the audience and pretend that they know the words and let them sing it. <laughs> yeah, most of the time, no one is going to know anyway. Yeah. I mean, no one is going to know. And, and I mean, there's different ways to memorize too. Like I found that I'm actually an RL memorizer. Like if I just let my, I memorize really fast. So maybe I'm a hypocrite being like, memorize your stuff. <laughs> but like, I found that for me, it's it's very aural. Like if I trust what's going on in my ear, I will know what's going to come out. Um, some people are more visual. Like you like to look at lyrics and you like to study them and you like to underline important words and you like to like look at the format. Yeah. And so I think like figuring out what the best way that you memorize is, you know, maybe maybe that for you is writing writing it out or writing out that verse that you always forget. Maybe it's typing. You know, I know there's a lot of stuff that's like pen to paper, like really triggers the brain. So I think that there's a lot of techniques that you can use that's also going to help you become a better songwriter and become a better performer if you know how you memorize best and not letting that be a crutch. Totally. I, now that you say that, I'm definitely an oral memorizer. Like if I listen to a song over and over again, I could get, have it memorized pretty quickly without even looking at the lyrics. So yeah, definitely. And piano too. Like I do most piano by ear as opposed to reading sheet music. But if I do happen to read sheet music, I will read the sheet music once, play it several times over and over again. And then that's how I'll remember it. Like, (laughs) so cool. I'll reduce it to chords in my brain and then just memorize the patterns. Yeah, that's my just let my fingers do whatever. That's exactly what I do. Yeah, I'm like, (laughs) create a texture. So so yeah, I mean, it really is interesting. And then, you know, like you said, from piano to guitar and, and how that memorization is separate and then how it's together and just like really playing with that and thinking about that. I think that can make the practice experience more fun too. Yeah, for sure. And it takes the pressure off when you are especially live streaming because then you don't have to worry about looking at the camera and looking at the lyrics and remembering everything and looking at the comments and this and that and the other thing. It's a lot of stuff going in your brain if you're doing all of that at once. So take a lot of setup too. Like stuff is everywhere. Like I want to deal with that. It's just easier to memorize it. Like 
A hundred percent. So we're almost at the end here already. So what is number seven, our second to last one? Okay, practice your performance, not your songs. So like there is a time and a place to just say like, oh, hey, and a really good time to do it is like when you're feeling under the weather, when you're sick, like, oh, hey, today is my day to memorize, Mm -hmm. to plan, to write, to create on my guitar, like whatever. Um, But I think a lot of people practice their songs as far as like, okay, I really want to make sure that that high note comes out. Right. (laughs) Which by the way, if you're having that thought, the chances that your high note is going to come out the way you want it to (laughs) are like zero. Your mind is powerful. It it is powerful. So I, I always recommend the distraction. But I think thinking about the performance and I mean, maybe you can do it in different parts like I'm a big gestalt fan so like whole part whole so you got a three song set list okay like let's go through that performance and like let's see what that feels like okay like let's see what the overarching transformation is let's see if we choose one emotion word for each song like what would that be how do we want to convey it okay now let's break each song into pieces like what do we what do we want the audience to feel right now? And that like kind of goes back to the listener's journey as well. How do we want to feel? Like, is this more an out song where we're like legit making eye contact and connecting with the audience? Or is this more of like an inward song where we're kind of like singing to ourselves and feeling it on the inside and we're drawing the audience in that way. Right. So there's a lot of different things that you can consider. And I think people get, tied up they start to think a little bit too technically when they're practicing their songs so considering practicing the performance as far as like what do I emotionally want this to feel like what do I want my audience to feel love it love it and what is number eight push play and engage easy awesome. like you've been like you did all of this work like now it's your job to show up and yeah. do what you say, do what you say you're going to do. Because I know I'm not in the like marketing space, but <laughs> I am in the integrity space. Like, <laughs> it's a huge thing. Like if you say that you're going to do something and you're not, and you end up not doing it. I mean, you just potentially lost all of those fans and their trust. Yeah. Like what's going to, what's going to affect your music career more? showing up and having a what you feel is a bad performance Mm. they might not feel it's bad yes like so true it's like we're our harshest critics yeah so i mean you've showed up for them they're going to appreciate that more than and even if you just show up and you're like like you literally have no voice and you like show up and you're like hey guys i just wanted I just want to let you know <laughs> that I'm here for you, but I don't think this singing is going to happen tonight. Yeah, yeah. And just, just showing up. And I mean, when they hear that, they're not going to argue with you or think that you're lying. You yes. Know? Yeah, exactly. Just, just showing up for them and you've already put in the hard work. So you might as well just go all in and just focus on engaging with them and connecting with them. Because if you're, if you're thinking, oh my God, what is this next word? Or like, 
I hope I hit that high note. Like you didn't, you didn't prepare well enough because you shouldn't be having those thoughts because when you go into a performance and the cool thing is you can distract yourself with these thoughts too yeah. like in a good way where you're like, okay, how am I going to connect with the audience? Like, you know, like even if you're like, I'm reaching through the screen to connect with you. So you've already done all the hard work. You might as well just give it your best now and make sure that you show up. And that's going to count for something, even if you personally feel like it wasn't your best. Yes, I love that. This is so helpful. I mean, I think, like I said, we've talked about performance anxiety and performing and mindset and being strong vocally all before, but this is all relevant because this is another way that you can experience anxiety or stress or just a way where it might be a new challenge for you. And you're just trying to figure out how to navigate it in the best way possible. And as with everything, it sounds like it's a really big combination of both mindset and strategy and preparation. So super helpful. I know that my listeners are going to get a ton out of this. Tiffany, thank you for sharing your expertise. How can we keep up with you, learn more about what you're doing and work with you? Oh, well, I have my own podcast called the Star Singer Podcast, and Katie was actually a guest on it, talking about how to de-stress and anxiety and things that you're going to love. And so you should check out her episode over there. Yes, it was so much fun. (laughs) Um, And I actually created this guide for you so that you can kind of refer to it step by step. Um, And you can get that at starsinger.co slash live stream so you can use it feel free to use it like as a checklist you know you're going to this performance just check it off and there's something comforting in the mind about that too okay i've covered all my bases i'm ready to go totally we want you feeling super confident about showing up online serving your fans and serving yourself and being able to you know flex that muscle like we're all inside right now quarantining and it's really important to stay creative and to stay musical and not just like become a hermit because gigs were canceled so so much great value thank you so much tiffany for coming on today oh thanks so much for having me 